Welcome to Power Players in Business and Life with Adrian Richardson, the show where brilliant leaders in business share powerful insider secrets and strategies to succeeding in life and business. Now, here's your host, Adrian. Welcome to season two of the Power Players in Business and Life podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Richardson, owner of PowerPlay Media, where I specialize in helping business owners get more leads and more sales using Facebook ads. I decided to change things up for season two, and rather than interviewing other experts, I'm hosting a live call-in show where listeners can ask me any question they have about Facebook ads, marketing funnels, offers, or anything else. Each month, I hold a live recording and spend a couple hours answering these questions. Then my amazing producer chops them up, splits them into 15 to 20 minute bite-sized shows, and a new episode gets published each week. Now that you know the flow of the show, let's dive into our first question. We will have Christina. There we go. I'm unmuted. Hi, Adrian. Hi, so good to hear your voice again. I missed you. Aww, you. So I think I could use... Um, it's one of those, I don't know what I don't know, some help on my audience targeting. Um, and that's my first overall questions. I, I work with career executives that are, you know, probably in their 40s and they've done 20 years of career and decided this is not what they were meant to be doing. So they're really looking to pivot. But I think my targeting is very general. I have things like Indeed, interests of job hunting, job interview, professional development. I do have some of the higher level educations. I have college grad, master's, professional degree, but I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. So, you know, the targeting for you is going to be a little trickier because Facebook, there is no targeting option for people who are thinking about pivoting and changing their career, right? Mm -hmm. Or doing something different with their life. Um, and so you're going to have to rely heavily on your ad copy to attract those people. Um, so number one, always make sure in your targeting in every ad set that you have that you are narrowing or whether it doesn't matter if it's the narrowing or the main targeting, but one of them always targets the executives. And you can do that by narrowing by management as a demographic, as I've mentioned, you can do it by narrowing as, uh, by job title. Um, you could narrow, there are some professional organizations and associations that are for executives and things like that. So I would kind of come up with your little base group that you're always going to use that's trying to reach the executives, the professionals, those high level um, positions, and then test a bunch of different things that you can narrow by. Okay. And in your narrowing, I don't know this for sure off the top of my head, but I feel like I've done it before is um, you could do some narrowing around, I believe it's like empty nest, um, uh, hmm. career change, or um, what is the other one that I did? Um, it was like a life transitions or something like that. Like if you start putting in a couple of those keywords and then hit suggestions and Facebook will come up with some other ones, is that you're probably gonna have to do some um, keyword targeting along with that executive targeting and then relying on your ad copy to pull the people from within that audience out. Right. Um, if there's also some people that executives tend to follow, like um, what's her name? 
Sheryl Sandberg or Ariana Huffington or Richard Branson, like if there's certain people that executives tend to follow that are well known in like the executive career space, um, you could do some narrowing by that as well. Um, and then what you could also try, again, you'd have to test and see how it does, but if they're trying to make a pivot, depending on how big of a pivot, so, well, let me ask you first, when you say that they're looking to pivot or change, are they looking to do something totally different than they're doing now? Or they're just looking for like something that's similar, but different? A little bit of both. Okay. So what you could do with some of the targeting is go way away from, like still do the executive targeting, but in the narrowing, do something that may have to do more in line with um, what they could be searching for. Like, let's say that you, um, people want to become life coaches or they want to become business coaches or something like that. You could narrow by those keywords. So don't narrow by life coach as a job title, narrow by life coaching as an interest because they might be out there searching on Google, like what is life coaching or how to become a life coach. And if they're searching for those keywords online, they're going to be shown your ad when you choose that as an interest. If there's certain industries or certain things that you find that some of them, like maybe there's, there's five categories. Theme. There's no yep. running thing. It's, it's all across the board. It's like, yeah. I'm a teacher. I want to switch to IT or um, I'm in enrollment at a university and now I want to do urban planning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think that, that your copy is going to be so important here. I think your copy okay. is going to be more important than your targeting in this case. Got it. Because it isn't like, well, the people I talk to, they're going to become some kind of coach. Well, then that would be easy for us to do the targeting for that. Mm -hmm. So I think if you try to really target the person here um, and then do the copy to speak to the problem that they're trying to solve and test a bunch of different narrowings in all different industries, I would do some personal development stuff too. Um, a lot of people who are looking to do make a change in their life do follow Tony Robbins. Um, so you could do some targeting around Tony Robbins. Tim Ferriss is another good one. He teaches mm -hmm. the four hour work week. A lot of people who want to make a change in their life, read that book. Right. Um, Robert Kiyosaki also is someone people follow when they want to make a change in their life. I know he talks about real estate investment, but a lot of people follow him for other reasons. Um, so those are just some people that I can think of off the top of my head that people that are open to change and evolving and, and transforming in their life start to follow those people. So you could test some narrowing by those people as well. I have a question on the life coaching. If I were to use that as an interest for, for somebody who would be open to looking for life coaching, not necessarily looking for people to be life coaches, is that going to backfire or is that going to broaden it? Too it's going to include me? both. It's okay. going to include both. Yes. Okay. So that's why that's if, you do, if you do the executive narrowing though, like you do mm -hmm. life coaching narrowed by the executive, you're more likely to reach the people who are thinking about becoming life coaches than the ones who are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus if you didn't have that narrowing, then it's, so what you're doing is you're saying, show it to people who are searching about things that are life coaching, but they still have an executive job or an executive position or, a, you know what I'm saying? So Excellent. that will help you to weed those people out. Excellent. And then my second sub question to this is, I was just talking about this with my husband last night. Out of my, all my enrollments, one has been a male and everybody else has been female. And normally I kind of thought I wanted to work with the male demographic more just because of my personality and, um, but my enrollments are showing otherwise. So 
is there a benefit to saying, well, if this is who I'm enrolling, then I need to target this demographic more? I would, I, I mean, if you're open to working with both, I would test both. I would do ad sets that have women only in them and use images and language that would speak to the ladies. And mm -hmm. then I would do the same targeting, but only to men, but change the copy and the images a little bit that'll speak to the men. And then just get on the phone with all of them and see who enrolls. And if you find that like, oh, 90% of people who sign up with me are men, well, then you might decide to turn off your, your targeting to the ladies. Um, but if you're open to working with both, I would test them both and see how they respond. Okay. Got it. Sounds yeah, they good. can both go to the same webinar, but you, I would just target right. them a little bit differently on the front end. And not everybody needs to always do that. I don't want to confuse people that are listening and say, oh my goodness, should I do that for my audience too? I only recommend people do that when it's related to something where the different genders can really look at the situation very differently. You know what I'm saying? Where like in relationships, the way women talk about relationships is very different the way that men talk about relationships. So when I deal with someone who's helps people with re marriage, relationship, whatever, I always have them separate the genders. But for you also, I feel like that audience, the way that women look at like, you know, women reinvent themselves like every five years. Like they're mm -hmm. not really that scared of it versus men. They stay like loyal in the same thing for like 40 years <laughs> and it's really different mm -hmm. for them. So that's why I feel like you could probably, you don't need like completely different copy for each, but even if you just changed it up a little bit to speak to the way each of them experience this decision differently, um, might, might help, or it might not make a difference and you might go back to combining them, but it, I think it's worth testing. Okay. And then what would you recommend? Um, my stats are actually somewhat decent. Um, my my overall average month to date is 90%. Last month it was higher. I've had some changes this month and I'm still booking calls for my average for a month to date is 218. So how much, I started at 20, I've added $5. I heard a recommendation to add $10, but I don't wanna to do too much too soon. So this is a really good question. I'm glad you brought that, this up. And for everybody listening, like the, if you're doing anything else right now, just stop and listen. <laughs> so you said it costs on average $218 to get a call booked. So let's, let's just call it 200 for the sake of keeping math mm -hmm. easy because math Same is here. hard for me. So <laughs> if it costs you $200 to get a call booked and you want to get two calls booked a day, you're going to have to spend at least $400 a day to get two calls booked per day. And so what happens when people start with a low budget, they often sometimes think their funnel isn't doing well because they're not spending enough to produce calls on a regular basis. And that a lot of times it's just a volume problem. That's why so, yeah, so you don't have to jump to $400 from $20 a day to $400 a day immediately if you're not ready to do that. But it's good to know what it's gonna take to reach your goals so you know what you're working towards. And so if you, there's two ways that we, um, there's two ways to increase your budget. And I'm glad you brought this up because I'm actually creating a program that's going to roll out next month where I teach scaling. Um, and, and in a very condensed version of what I'm going to teach is there's two ways to scale. One is by increasing your budget on the things that are already working. And the second way is by adding more audiences. Okay. So Increasing your budget on things that are already working has to happen very slow and steadily so you don't completely throw off the algorithm and make the thing tank. 
When you're testing new audiences, you could start that new audience at 50 a day or 75 a day, and that will allow you to increase your budget quickly by setting up other audiences. Are you talking about lookalike audiences? Anything, like all okay. the different examples that I've given people today where I've said, put this in one ad set, put That's this it. in another ad set, this mm -hmm. in another ad set. You could start each of those at $50 a day. Okay. Um, and so that's the way you can increase your budget fast. And so in that training that I'm doing next month, um, I talk to you about the, the ways of doing both very well, slow and steady and fast. But that's what you're going to want to do. And knowing what your goal is and where you're headed to will allow you to make those decisions as your budget opens up and you have more money to spend on saying, okay, you know, here, here's what I'm going to do with my money. So slow and steady, if that's where I'm going to be going until I get these other audiences added in, what's your recommendation for how much over what period of time? Yeah, slow and steady. I typically will add $10 uh, a day every five days. And okay. usually I won't go over $100 in an ad set unless um, I have to, unless it's like I have every audience possibly running that I can. And I like, I have a client last month who came to me and said, I want to spend half a million dollars in the next 30 days. Well, I can't do that if I'm only spending a hundred dollars per ad set. So sometimes I have to break my own rule, but most people are not in that situation. Um, and so I'll increase by $10 every three to five days until I reach a hundred dollars or until it's, it's gone too far over. And that's something that I'll share with you guys when I do the training next month is how to tell like when you've gone over or when to stop and all that good stuff. Perfect. Super, super helpful. Thank you so much for your time and you expertise. It. Love it. Thank you so much. You got it. All right. So Dennis is going to be next. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Hi, Adrian. Um, Hi. Thanks for having me on the call. Yeah. I've got um, a question. I'll probably more than one, but I'll try and wrap it into one. Um, so I've had the Facebook, I'm calling from London, by the way. Um, <laughs> I've got, um, I've had the Facebook people ring me a couple of times, you know, saying, hey, you're kind of new, we're going to give you some advice. And both times they've told me to start with leads, using traffic rather than conversions could be better. Yet everything I hear online or people who are doing it themselves says never start with traffic and just go with conversions. Mm -hmm. So my first question is, which one should I go for and why? Um, I'll explain what I'm doing in the context so you can see it in the context. Yeah. So I've got a, a free sell with story five day challenge, which is a mini course. Um, so that's what we're prom promoting the ads towards. And I'm kind of targeting digital product creators, coaches and service providers on how to use the power of storytelling to become the go-to expert, attract, engage, and sell to their ideal audience. So that's my first question to you. Is when you run the five-day challenge, are you running them to a landing page where they have to opt in for it? Or are you running them like straight to a group or something? Okay, so how it's going, this is completely new, so I haven't done any ads to it yet. They're gonna to go to a landing page. They're going to opt in. And then once they opt in, they click a button, they're taken to the course platform to create their account. Okay, great. Okay. So do you want me to answer that or do you need to give me more information to add on to I'll that? Answer that. And the other one's just an add on after that, I suppose. Okay. So, um, so Dennis is like, should I do a optimize for traffic or should I optimize for conversions? And for those of you who've been through my on target um, training, I talk about that in there, the difference between the two. And traffic, 
the, when you want to optimize for traffic is when you want to get as many eyeballs on something as possible. And really the goal is, is just to get their eyeballs. So for instance, you're running traffic to a blog. You just want them to read your blog. You're running traffic to a podcast. You just want them to listen to your podcast. You don't want them to take an action that would create a conversion. And the conversion is I opt in for a webinar. I opt in for a challenge. I opt in for a free PDF. When you want them to convert or, or hit a page and take the action you want them to pay, take, you want to optimize for conversions versus if you're just running traffic to a page where you just want as many people to see the thing and read it or listen to it or whatever, then you would do traffic. And the reason for the difference is that Facebook knows all the actions that people take, right? Like as business owners, I love all the things that Facebook tracks. As a consumer, it's creepy. But <laughs> as a business owner, like Facebook knows who are the clickers, who are the converters, who are just like the people who just click like, who are the stalkers that never say anything, they just read everything, but they don't comment, they don't share, they don't do anything. Like Facebook knows the behavior of every user. And when you tell them to optimize for traffic, even if let's say you're targeting Tony Robbins for traffic and Tony Robbins for conversion, Tony Robbins for traffic, they're going to show it to Tony Robbins audience, but only the ones who typically are clickers and they're not going to serve it to the ones that are most likely to be converters. So, um, that is how you decide if you're going to do traffic or you're going to do conversions. Unfortunately, um, Facebook, when they have, and I'll just share this with everybody here because it'll probably happen to all of you at some point in time. Facebook will reach out and say, hey, we noticed we could help you do your ads better. or We noticed you could get better results from this or book a free call with someone from our team. First of all, I would recommend that you always book the call because that gives you a contact at Facebook should things go sideways and your ad account gets shut down or something happens. So the only time, reason I ever book that darn call is so that I have a contact there because you're going to have their email after that. You're going to be able to reach out to them. Okay. So always take advantage of that. However, those people have the most minimal training um, possible and they really only know a lot of basics and kind of like scripts and different things they've been given. So I would not actually take their advice. <laughs> um, but it's worth getting on there. They're going to like give you some ideas and you go, this is awesome. Thank you so much. And then like, you're probably not going to take their advice, but at least now you have a contact. So Facebook would, didn't tell you which, what I just told you, which they should have, they should have said, here's how you decide what to optimize for. And they should have told you to optimize for conversions because you're running traffic to a landing page where you want them to opt in for something. Thank you. That's exactly what I felt. I thought, well, you haven't spent any of your own money. So yeah, you're talking <laughs> from theory. So that's what I thought. Um, yeah. Just wanted that cleared up. Thank you for that. So my other question, I rope it in is, um, I want, I've got some buttons. I've got an opt-in form where I ask for someone's name, first name and email. Then after that, I ask them a couple of questions like, are you pivoting? Are you starting a new business? Do you have a current business? Um, I want to be able to create a custom audience from when they click on that button. So do I do that in events? Where, where do I actually, what's the script I need to create just to make that, their button click? Because the tool I'm using allows me to put a script in so when they click on it, that can be sent to Facebook. I'm not so sure whether I, I do that in custom audiences or events. Does that make sense, my question? Yes, yes. So there are, um, there's a couple different ways you could do this. And um, what uh, software are you using? I'm using ConvertBox. Okay, 
I don't know anything about ConvertBox, so I won't be able to answer that part specifically. But what I can tell you is if you put a um, put the, your pixel on each of those buttons and you put a different snippet in, so you know how you can put a snippet of like complete registration, lead, you know, page view, purchase, all those things. Okay. So I would put a different snippet on each one of those buttons. And then that way um, it would create, track them separately and you'd be able to tell who, um, how many people clicked those buttons and then you can make an audience out of the people who um, have that snippet in them. So that's, that's the easiest way to do it. Is there a way um, I can create um, um, custom snippets? Or so, is it just... Hmm. I've never actually tried to do what you're talking about. So I'm trying to think if they have, I'm not, I, I know that you can do it. One of the ways, and this is why I said, I don't know about ConvertBox. You should check with them is that the way that a lot of my clients do it is that within the software that they're using, it will actually make an audience for you of everybody who clicked each button. And then you put, you connect those audiences directly to Facebook. And so usually they'll speak to each other, but I don't know if ConvertBox does that. Yeah, I'm not sure. because it says but that's what you'll want to look into. Yeah. Okay, that's brilliant. My last one is about Instagram story ads. Um, any views on that? Can you talk about any best practices or any experience you've had with doing that and videos specifically? Yeah, so I don't do a lot of um, Instagram story ads because I find that they don't convert very well. So if I just want to get eyeballs on something or I just want to like be able to make an audience out of people who've taken an action, I'll do a story ad. But if I really want people to convert, I put it in the newsfeed. Um, that I have found in my testing that that works better. Now you could test it for yourself and see if that rings true for you and your audience. But in all the testing I've done, I typically will not put an ad where I want them to convert in a story. Um, and then to talk about video versus um, just like a static image ad, again, you should always test, but um, every single time, I want to say 98% of the time when I test video versus static image ad for conversions, the static image ad always outperforms the video ad if I'm trying to get conversions. If you're just, again, trying to get traffic or eyeballs, video works well. And then the other way that video works is in retargeting. Um, but it, for straight up cold traffic to conversions, 98% of the time, the static image ad will outperform the video ad. Okay, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for that. Wonderful. Yep, you got it. Thanks for listening to Power Players in Business and Life. Be sure to click subscribe. To learn more about Adrian, visit www.wearepowerplay.com. We'll see you next time.